Oops. Well, I, I love our college hymn. I find it a great joy to sing those powerful words of Jesus' authority and rule every week. Words like his will be done, his kingdom come, the great I am, the faithful and the true, all glory be to Christ. They are words that speak of the absolute rule of Jesus Christ the King under God the Father. They are words that we sing, or some of us sing, uh, but are they the truths that we see? Is Jesus the King? Does he rule? Is God great? Where is the evidence of that today? You've heard me preach many times about the existence of God and his control over the universe and our lives, but is that how we live? Probably not. And does it end badly for us? Well, not really. So if God is who he says he is, well, then to ignore him or to oppose him, well, then that should end badly for us, shouldn't it? But does it? Not when we look around. So why let the power of God disturb your life then? It seems like an unremarkable thing. And we rarely see remarkable moments of God disciplining those who oppose him. The power of God really causes us to tremble. And so if God is real, then either we are incredibly brave to oppose him, or he simply isn't the all-powerful being that he says he is. This, of course, is what the Philistines thought after their successful battles against God's people last week. They knew the power of God. Remember, they heard that mighty cry, but they decided to take him on anyway. And they won. It wasn't even a close battle. They, they smashed Israel like they were martyr day or something. 30,000 Israelites were slain. And they even captured that ark of God. Remember that little uh, box that kept, contained the tablets of the law? It was God's presence. And they stole it. You can imagine the Philistines walking back with a thought, huh, I guess this whole power of God thing was a beat up. And so the Philistines take the ark of God back to one of the five Philistine cities of Ashdod a few Lego pictures I found on the internet. They stick it in the temple of Dagon. Dagon was one of the leading Philistine idols. And so sticking the Ark of God next to Dagon, it was kind of like a that's going straight to the pool room kind of vibe for the Philistines. Dagon was their hero. And to have the Ark of God sit under him was a sign to the Philistines that Dagon was the boss. But the next morning, the statue of Dagon has fallen over. He's lying on his face before the ark of the Lord. And this seems unremarkable to us. You know, it could have just been there was a strong wind or someone bumped it over while they were cleaning up. A statue falling over is no big deal. But to the Philistines, it should have rung alarm bells. The great and powerful Dagon, well, he can't even get himself back up again before the ark of the Lord. He's just a statue. And so he needs to be picked up again by the Philistines and put back in place. Now, the next morning, the same thing has happened. Dagon has fallen down again before the ark of the Lord, but now his head and his hands have been cut off, and they are lying at the entry to the temple. We're told that only Dagon's body remained. In fact, the Hebrew is a little rough there. It's probably something more like only Dagon remained on Dagon, a headless, handless, hopeless statue. This is the best God that the Philistines can muster, but really we're beginning to see that he is nothing compared to the power of God. Things are about to get heavy. 
Do you remember last week that when Eli, the dodgy priest, when he heard about the capture of the ark, he fell off his chair that he was rocking on and he died because the Bible said he was heavy. And then his daughter-in-law had a baby and named the baby Ichabod because the glory of God had departed. Remember, that, that literally means the weightiness, the heaviness of God had departed. And where had the Lord's heaviness departed to? Well, verse 6 from today's passage says, the Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod. He terrified the people of Ashdod and its territory and afflicted them with tumours. So the Lord is not handless like Dagon. No, his hand is heavy on the Philistine city of Ashdod and they break out in terrible tumours. Scholars think that there may well have been an outbreak of the bubonic plague in Ashdod because we're also told in this chapter and the next one that the Philistines were swamped with rats and rats are classic plague spreaders. Anyway, the people of Ashdod, they realise they are in trouble and so they call the Philistine leaders together for some kind of you know, ancient national cabinet Zoom meeting and they take a vote and they decide to send the ark to Gath, which is actually as far away from Ashdod as possible. Now, the people of Gath, I imagine they probably tried to shut their border, but not soon enough, because some messengers from Ashdod, covered in tumours, drag the Ark of God to Gath, and the same thing happens there. They all break out in tumours. Again, verse 9 says that the Lord's hand was against the city of Gath, causing a great panic. No longer are the Philistines chanting, be men and fight, No, now they are terrified as the tumours turn out on their skin from top to toe. Now, the city of Gath, they don't bother with a national cabinet meeting. Instead, they just send the ark on to the next Philistine city to a town called Ekron. And when they see the messengers of Gath arrive with the ark, they cry out in verse 10, Oh, they've moved the ark of Israel's God to kill us and our people. See, they've heard about what's happened in Gath and in Ashdod, and they don't want this ark either. And rightly so, because they break out in tumours too, and many of the people of Ekron die. And we're again told in verse 11 that it's because God's hand was oppressing them. The ark of God has become a heavy hot potato for the Philistines. A mighty nation who just a few days ago were chanting, be men and fight, as they waged war against God, are now terrified in tumours. The curious thing, of course, is that God's people don't know anything about this. Everything that happened in today's passage to the Philistines is happening unbeknownst to the people back in Shiloh. Back there, God's people only knew that the ark was gone, that 30,000 Israelite husbands, fathers and brothers were dead, including the dodgy priests Hophni and Phinehas. They knew that their leader, Eli, had cracked his neck, rocking on his chair, and his daughter-in-law lay dead while young Ichabod wailed in the arms of the midwives. It's a terrible scene. In those days in Israel, they would have been saying, God is not powerful. The Philistines have kidnapped him and his ark. We were fools for trusting in the heavy hand of God. But of course, what they didn't see was Dagon smashed to pieces. They didn't see the Philistine cities thrown into turmoil and the tumours and rats that overran all who came near the Ark of the Lord. What looked to Israel like the absence of God, what looked like people who had ignored and opposed God and were rewarded for it, 
was not actually the reality. God was at work dismantling the arrogance of the Philistines as soon as they captured that ark and took it as their trophy. That moment sealed their fate. Now, this weird story reminds me of the cross of Jesus Christ because in that moment, it looked like those who had opposed God had won. They had their trophy of Jesus strung up on a cross, taken captive, just like the ark of God. The Philistines, they were surprised to find Dagon lying in pieces in the temple those few mornings later. But even more surprised were those women who saw the empty tomb of Jesus. Even more surprised were those who saw the intense, heavy presence of God's glory strolling alive through the streets of Jerusalem. On the day that Jesus rose from the dead, God's hand was in that city that day, and God's hand had cruel nail holes in it from when the world had thought it had won. Paul writes about this moment in Colossians 2, saying that God disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them by the cross. Just as Dagon was disarmed, so too has every other ruler or authority in this world. They were disarmed when Jesus Christ triumphed over sin and death, disgracing them publicly. That's the reality that exists now. Even when, like the Israelites who were decimated at Shiloh, we might feel like evil is winning the day. It might look like that. But Jesus sits on his throne now risen in power now. We're told that he is seated at the right hand of God. The great I am, the faithful and the true, the lamb who was for sinners slain is making all things new. Behold, our God shall live with us, but his presence won't bring tumours. In fact, his heavy presence, we're told, will be light, a steadfast light, and we shall hear his children be. All glory be to Christ.